In today's show, we're recapping the games from Thursday in the NBA. We're what We're elaborating on a player. Michael Bolton, he's here as well. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's like an unofficial community center. So thank you to Maccas for sponsoring this show and for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you to you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you're also checking out Locked On Raptors. Big injury news there with Toronto um, with Sean Woodley. Check out that to hear uh, the breakdown of how things looked without uh, the big fella, the Jedi, OG Ananobi today. And that's where we're going to start off. News. But what about Scarves? OG. Blizzard, stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Yeah, you better stop. The Jedi Ojin Anobi has a hip pointer. He will be out a while. So that means we're not talking days. We're talking weeks. I would say three weeks is probably yeah, the, the worst case on it. Just impacting your hip, it, just, it makes it hard to move. Uh, maybe two, two to three weeks would be my guess here for Ananobi. As you saw in the game uh, on today, on Thursday, that uh, they did start with Ken Birch. That was my prediction and it, and it did come true. The value there, we'll talk about it more later in the game, but yeah, it's going to be Birch, it's going to be Chua, it's going to be Boucher. They'll all pick up yeah, minutes, not maybe enough to be must roster 12s, but we'll talk about that more. That game hasn't finished by the time I'm recording this beginning of the show. Um, um, and then more usage to Barnsley and Siakam and Trent and Van Vliet in, uh, in OG's absence. LeBron and Jalen Brown are both questionable to return for Friday. They, the, the two teams play each other on Friday. Having those two guys back will tell us a lot about what happens with Taylor Horton Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, and then Dennis Schroeder on the uh, Celtics side of things. So good to have those two guys at least, you know, if not if not back, but pretty close to being back. And their return, um, their return should be coming into, uh, you know, at least if it's not this game, it'll be the next game. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, a trade rumor which you can hear about again on Locked on Sixers with Serena Winters, new host over there. Some trade whispers from former host of Locked on Sixers, Keith Pompey, saying that the Sixers had inquired about James Harden for Ben Simmons. I don't think that one's going to happen. The other one was Jeremy Grant. Interesting one. Back to his former team. Now, generally, when we hear about these rumors with specific players involved in it, the trade has been discussed. Someone might have brought it up and then it's been shot down. So I don't really see this happening. Of course, if Grant did go to the Sixers, it would reduce his value. It would help Tyrese Maxey stay up in terms of value. It'd drop off a little bit there. Um, yeah, Simmons going to Detroit, I think he'd be fine. He'd probably get an increase in value from where he was in um, Philly. It would hurt Killian Hayes. I don't think it would really affect Cade too much. Cade might see a drop in assists, but I think he'd still be okay. But again, I don't really expect that trade to go down. But I just wanted to mention it, that that was something that has been, uh, has been rumored. So now... Who we got for I Request Elaboration today? I Request Elaboration. 
We're looking at the big fella, Lugens Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. Yes. Now, Dort has been dominating of late, really putting up some big, big numbers. So what we want to look at is, is it real? Over the last two weeks, he's the 50th ranked player in category leagues, 72nd in points leagues, averaging 31 fantasy points. He's averaging 22 points, 2.7 triples, 5 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.3 blocks in 33 minutes. So let's start with 33 minutes. Is that real? Fine. Yep. He'll continue doing that. We have no worries about him doing that at all. Is the 22 points real? Not really. Not really. And I'll tell you why. Because what Lou Dort is doing at the moment is his last five games, the true shooting has been 79, 61, 91, 63, and 71. Gigantic numbers. Lou Dort is shooting 61% on mid-ranges. He's at 62% um, at the rim. He was, sorry, 65% at the rim. He was 51 there last year. He was 32% on mid-ranges last season. He's 61 this year. His um, three-point percentage is, is not particularly good. Like 33 is fine, but he's at 29 for the season. He's doing it on a completely unsustainable shooting number. Over the last six games, he's at 77% from two-point range. He's at 63% from two-point range on the season. Last year, he shot 43. That is a 20 percentage point jump, and it's a 30-plus percentage point jump over the last two weeks. He is not... Actually, nobody is that kind of shooter, but especially not Lou Dort. And shooting at the rim and from mid-range at that level has boosted his scoring numbers up absolutely through the roof. He's not doing it on big steals. He's never, for a good defender, he's never been a good steals guy. He's not getting good rebounds. He's not getting good assists. His free throws have improved. That That's true. The usage has gone up a little bit. That That's also true. That can stick. But those shooting numbers, they just... Um, they're just not going to, like they're just they're just not. So yeah, look at that. Now impact impact wise, second on this team in Raptor and second in Raptor War. Again, if you don't know what Raptor is, go and check out five. Just type in five three eight Raptor into Google, and you'll read about what it is. And I think you'd be really impressed with the methodology behind it. Um, he's one of the only two Thunder players in a, as a positive. The other one is Shea. He leads. We second his team in Raptor War, which is wins added um, using the Raptor metric. He is interestingly though. Only seventh in on-off, according to Clean the Glass. He's, they're negative 4.1, so they're better with him on the bench, which I did not expect to see. His defense has, is actually well down on where it's been in the past. In EPM, estimated plus-minus, he's 80th percentile. That's a pretty good number. But Darko does not like him. 300th in Darko daily plus-minus. He's had one of the biggest jumps this year, though. He's 31st in, in the uh, DPM delta. But still, like... The, the Darko does not like him defensively um, as much as what you'd think. Doesn't like him particularly offensively. His numbers are well below average on Darko. It's a little bit of a, a concern that I think that this is great while, what he's doing. Um, I just don't think that there's a way that this is going to be able to maintain because that shooting's not real. Yeah, Those advanced metrics that are a bit all over the place but defensively, you know, he doesn't bring the defensive stats and we don't view him as a long-term 70% two-point shooter. You should, Nobody should. Or he's doing it with some, I don't know, some unsustainability, a big chunk of unsustainability. 
his you know, shooting at the rim has been really, really impressive and you're hitting those at a great rate. He's not taking many mid-ranges for sure, but he's hitting them at an unsustainable level too. And um, it's, his three-pointers are, are coming in okay to, as, as well. But the fact that he's getting to the rim this much and finishing at this level compared to where he's been in the past should make us think that he's going to um, going to drop off. The, the, the mid-range shooting is interesting considering how ridiculously good it is. He isn't taking many. So maybe I overstated that a little bit. Like he's only only 10% of his shots are mid-rangers. He's hitting them at a crazy rate, but that could easily fall away. Um, but the fact that he's getting to the rim as much as he is and finishing at that level makes me feel like there's going to be a huge drop-off. Like his effective field goal percentage went from 22nd percentile to 65th percentile. It is a big, big jump. And yeah, I'm a bit skeptical that that level of two-point shooting is going to be able to maintain. So for now, he's a must-roster, but probably also, I think, a little bit of a um, a little bit of a sell-high player would be my guess on Lou Dort. Price picks isn't a sell-high, though, because they are what you need to be looking at to play DFS. It is DFS, in fact, made easy. Price picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA DFS props than any other NBA DFS prop operator. And it's not just the superstars. Even the bench blokes play in a few minutes. you got props for them as well. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, threes, whatever you can think of. Price picks has all of those props. And when you go to sign up, make sure you use the promo code NBA and you get a 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks. To play price picks, you get two to five players and their specific props, combine them all together, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It's just you versus the predictions, exactly how DFS should be. So download the app, get your entry in. It takes under 60 seconds. You can use multi-sport entries as well. Withdrawals are safe and fast. So go to pricepicks.com or download that app. Use the promo code NBA. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. It's time for Watfo. Thanks to Josh Berry. He says, what are the odds that the crucifix Christian Wood is traded this season? If I was the general manager of the Rockets, I would be looking to trade Christian Wood. I, as you're well aware, am not the general manager of the Rockets. So I don't have that power to do that. Um, Wood is really struggling, I think, at the moment. I think that's you know, fair to say that he's not doing anything that you'd feel particularly great about. But next year, he's an expiring contract. He's only a $14 million deal. It's palatable for contenders. He's probably going to leave after the 22-23 season anyway as an unrestricted free agent. There is a chance that, you know, a good move for this team would be to move on from him. I just don't think they're going to do it. I've got it at 24%. What do you think? Down in the comments, let me know what you think the chances of Christian Wood being traded this season are. Let's look at the top ads and the top drops over the last 24 hours. Nance up by 17%. Really good stuff from Larry Nance. Still only played like 23, 24 minutes last game, but hyper, hyper efficient numbers. He's worth grabbing just to see where this goes. Um, Chetty Osman, he was a nice grab, but then didn't play today. So I reckon you can probably move on there. Monty Morris up 10% with Barton back. It does nullify some of his value. Kevin Love, yeah, good value for him, but the Cavs don't play for a few more days. To me, he's just an in-and-out streamer on a day-by-day basis. Pat Beverly's up by 8%. I think that makes sense. And Shemezi Metu is up 7%. I still think that Metu is worth holding in 12-team leagues. 
Caldwell Pope's up seven. That was for today. Horton Tucker up five. He needs to be rostered in all leagues. And then Paddy Connaughton up four percent. Um, I don't. I think that's more streaming. I don't really like it as a long term play. In terms of drops. We're looking at Frank Kaminsky down 16%. Absolutely rightfully so. Nick Batum down 12. People were really keen to drop him after one game missed. I wouldn't have dropped him. Nasir Little down 10. Understandable. Simons down 7. Yes. Terrence Mann down 6%. Yes, he's a drop. The big stiffy Bones Highland. I can understand dropping him as well. I probably would have held, but you can you can move on there, I think, if you really want to. Jay Crowder down 5. Yeah, he's always just a streamer. And then the diseased scrotum, Ivan Fournier, down 5.4%. I do think that if you do need to cut bait on someone, um, Fournier can be one of those players. Let's now have a look at the first game from Thursday. Weird schedule on Thursday with the six games all sort of jammed in uh, to the day. The first game is the Washington Wizards and the Miami Heat. The Heat win this one pretty comfortably in the end. 112-97. This was a Wizards team that was out without Spencer Dinwiddie resting on the back-to-back. And then Daniel Gafford uh, didn't play due to a thumb issue. So Beal had 30 points, three threes, six rebounds, and five assists. Great shooting. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, took full advantage as well. 19, 13, and seven with four threes. Remember, no Dinwiddie, no Gafford. So a lot of value for Kuzma, who was playing some center here. This is a great opportunity to sell Kuzma after a game like this. Bit disappointing from Montrez Harrell. Played 36 minutes, but didn't really do anything to take advantage of that. 12 and 9 in 36 minutes. He'd been playing 24 minutes a night. Um, some of that hot start has definitely started to cool off. I don't think that Montrez remains a top 50 player this year, but you can't really sell high after that sort of game. Aaron Holiday started in place of Dinwiddie. He had four points with five assists. He has not really done enough this season. While Denny Abdi, I was surprised to see 20 minutes only, especially in a game where Gafford and Dinwiddie were out. He'd been playing big minutes prior to that and then limited. Just six points for Avdia. Included two threes, which is encouraging, but those big rebound numbers were absent. And then Hull Neto was a disaster. Zero points in 13 minutes. Last time that Dinwiddie didn't play, we had Neto and Holiday split the minutes 24 apiece. And Neto's been a good scorer at times. The fact that he missed all three of his shots and both of his free throws was uh, not something that I saw coming. For the Miami Heat, Jim Butler, 32 points, five assists and four steals. Awesome. 10 of 10 from the line. Bam had a buyer return for 20 and nine. Still, you know, no assists. Still a little bit underwhelming but good to have him out there. I worry that that knee is going to continue to bother him. Kyle Lowry had just the eight points, but 12 assists. While without Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent stepped into that role. Vincent played 25 minutes and had 18 points on 12 shots with three threes. It's at least worth keeping in the back of your mind for streaming purposes if Hero misses more time. The Spur Duncan Robinson with another disastrous performance. Six points with two threes on 22% shooting. You do not need to have him in a 12-team league. I know he's rostered in basically all 12-team leagues. He doesn't need to be. I would be dropping him real quickly. Yeah, dropping him to add Chemezi Metu, to add Larry Nance, to see what the hell happens is absolutely the right move, I think. Um, he will have better games than this, Robinson. I've got no doubt about that. But the upside is so limited that who cares if you miss out on a couple of big games to try and cycle in someone who might actually give you top 100 value. Or if it isn't, it's just streaming through a spot, which gives you way more value than what Duncan Robinson does. Uh, in that position. Max Struess had three points in 20 minutes. Not much to talk about there. And Caleb Martin added seven points as well. Good game from PJ Tucker, who's actually playing pretty well. Um, 15 points, three threes. He's an interesting, say, 14 to 16 team league guy. But recently, the numbers have been up for him. I'm not buying into it as a 12 team or probably even a 14 team must league sort of must add sort of guy. But it is interesting to see some numbers bump up for him. The Golden State Warriors continued their assault on the NBA. They beat the Cavs 104-89 on the road. Curry was questionable heading into this game. Didn't really matter. 
Played 35 minutes, had 40 points, nine triples, six assists, and two steals. He is playing at, I don't know, career high levels. It's unbelievable what he's doing. 57 fantasy points here, number one fantasy player in category leagues. He's been dominating. Well, Draymond had 14 assists in 30 minutes with four points. Bit of a cameo from Nemanja Bielica as well. 14 points in 23 minutes with two threes and three steals. Don't count on Bielica. He can be a stream option for days like today, but guys like um, James Wiseman will come back and cut a little bit into that. Stinker from Jordan Poole, and Steve Kerr was not happy with him. Cut his minutes down, and I think that once Clay does eventually return, Poole's value will dip outside the top 100. So just be aware of that. If you can translate Poole in a two-for-one or two-for-two trade and get value back that values him as like a top 70 guy, I would probably do that. Not a great night from Andy Wiggins. He only played 24 minutes, had 12 points. While uh, one Toscano Anderson took rotation minutes back off Jonathan Kaminga. I didn't expect that. Kaminga did play towards the end, but missed all of his shots. Um, while Toscano Anderson played 16 minutes. He hadn't been in the rotation prior to this. While Damian Lee's solid scoring continued, 11 points in 23 minutes. He's been pretty good uh, most of this year. For the Cavs, they were still without Allen and Markin and Sexton. And then Chetty Osman was out. Kevin Love had 17 points in 22 minutes. That's obviously really good. They don't play on the weekend. Um, they don't, like, he's good to stream in on days where these guys are out, but it's not something to rely upon. Same as Dean Wade, who had 17, 9, and 5 in 40 minutes. But Dean Wade, he's not even guaranteed to play 20 minutes when Allen and Markinen return. So it was great to stream him in, but you wouldn't have loved streaming him in all the other games that those guys are out. So don't read too much into that. Garland had 25 points in 38 minutes with four threes and five assists. He continues to play really impressively. While uh, both Isaac Okoro and Ricky Rubio added two steals and 10 points. Rubio had five assists. Okoro had seven rebounds. Obviously, Rubio is the guy that you want there, not Okoro in 12-team leagues. Isaac is just a very, very much a deeper league guy. While spot start, Ed Davis. 28 minutes for Ed Davis, 14 rebounds, two blocks, perfect from the field. He'll go back into mothballs when these other guys return, but the fact that he can come out, um, have value when they need to, to bring a center in is is important for the Cavs, but he's just not going to have any sort of long-standing impact on this team would be my guess. But Thanksgiving is coming around really soon, next week, in fact. And if you're looking for a way to have delicious food, but without blowing your calorie budget, why don't you try Built Bar as the new Thanksgiving holiday dessert tradition? It's delicious. It's low in sugar. It's low in fat. It's low in carbs, but it's high in protein. So instead of a slice of pie, that's going to be 300 plus calories. Why not a Built Bar for dessert? You can be the hero of your family, bringing out the boxes of Built Bars, chucking them around. Granny's going, what's this, dear? And you go, it's Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And you know what's on the outside of that, Granny? What is it, Josh? It's 100% real chocolate. Amazing stuff. So get yourself boxes of Built Bars. They've got a new flavor out today, vanilla cream. Awesome. Can't wait to try that one. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll save 15% off your order of Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, let's go to the next game. It is the Clippers and the Grizzlies. Big win for the Grizzlies here, 120-108. I didn't think they'd had that in them, and uh, they provided a big performance. While Paul George had 31 minutes, 23, 5, and 6. Good shooting night for George, but just disappointing overall from the Clippers without Nick Batum. 27 minutes for Zubats, 13 and 7. He's providing really solid value. I don't know if it's going to last. I don't know what Abarka's going to do when he comes back. Um, but Zubats is providing okay numbers. Hartenstein was great again, 11 and 6, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Hartenstein is really, really solid as a streamer and a deeper league sort of player. Uh, but again, Abarka's going to impact that. Well, Jackson had 18 points, 5 assists, and 4 threes, and the Duck Luke Canard added 15 points. 
Stinker from Reggie, Reggie Bledsoe, no, Eric Bledsoe. Four points in 25 minutes for him with four rebounds and three assists. He had been playing really well, top 70 over the last two weeks. So I do think you need to hold on to him. While Amir Coffey didn't really do much in a spot start for Batum, eight points in 29 minutes. Good to see um, Terrence Mann returning. I don't think that Terrence Mann needs to be held in 12-team leagues. He had five points there. Like, he's totally okay. 128th ranked player this season. That's fine, right? But is there any upside to get better than that? Is that him holding on to him, waiting for something to happen, worth that roster spot? I think in most cases, the answer in 12-team leagues is probably going to be no. But he is rostered in a ton of leagues. Uh, BJ Boston added four points, but nice defensive numbers, two steals and a block. On to Memphis. Ja Morant had another 28 points, hyper-efficient 62% with two threes and five assists. And Triple J added 18 points, three threes and four blocks. Jaron Jackson is now inside the top 50 over the last two weeks, starting to really get back into where he needs to be. While Desmond Bain played 29 minutes, had 16 points, a steal, a block and two triples. Good numbers from Bain. Um, obviously, he'd been struggling prior to this game. He can be fine as a back-end 12-team league guy, but I think the upside is low. Dylan Brooks, 18 points. Not much else. That's always the problem with Brooks. At least he did it efficiently, but only one rebound and two assists. He is you know, remaining a 12-team league guy, while Melton played 23 minutes. I think we're looking at him as more of a steal streamer now. The minutes are just not going to be there. Six points, two threes, two steals for Melton. And I do think you can move on. Adams had 10 points and five rebounds. He's all over the shop. I don't think it's for everybody to roster him. If he's in a 12-team, on a 12-team roster, it's fine. I just don't think that it's guaranteed 100%. And I also, I wouldn't be bothering with Kyle Anderson, who's rostered in a ton of leagues. He had uh, six points in 22 minutes. And I don't really see the need for him to be held onto in uh, in every one of those circumstances. It just doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it's a worthy uh, a worthy you know use of a roster spot. I guess is what I'm trying to say. The next game was also a giant blowout. It was like 20 to three to start off this game as the Wolves handled the Spurs, despite Yucca Pertle being back. This is why we held on to Devin Vassell though. 24 minutes, 18 points, two threes, a steal and a block. He should be a 12-team league guy. He's top 100 over the last two weeks. Well, Drew Eubanks, you squeezed a little bit of extra value out of Drewy here. Eight and seven in 21 minutes with a steal and a block. Now they don't play again until next week. He's a pretty clear drop to me. I think Pertle will start their next game next week. Um, But Eubanks was solid enough. Interestingly, that with uh, Eubanks and Pirtle both there, we just didn't really get you know Trey uh, Trey Young. We didn't get much of Thad Young. Just four minutes. That's what it was like before Pirtle got COVID. We didn't know how they'd run the rotation. Again, no games for the rest of this week for the Spurs. If you want to drop Thad Young, I, I think it's probably the right move. It wasn't good for Pirtle. Let's be fair. Two points in 15 minutes, but he will be fine uh, as we move forward. Well, Dejounte Murray had one of his worst games. Seven points on 17% shooting. That's shocking. He's better than that, quite obviously. Lonnie Walker had a nice game in terms of getting a steal and two blocks and three assists, but 29% shooting on sky-high usage. 41% usage for Lonnie Walker. This whole game was just a disaster. While Calden Johnson had 12 points, which is not too bad, and Derek White was bad again. 23 minutes for four points. But again, it's hard to read huge amounts into this game considering how weird everything was with the way the um, the way the game ended up going with you know, the blowout basically right from the start. It's hard to look at you know Keldon and White and Murray and, and you know, overreact too much. But you know, White was trending badly, had a good game, and then had a stinker here. We want to watch that one pretty closely, of course. For the Wolves, Towns played 38 minutes. Probably didn't need to play 28, 38 minutes in a 25-point win, but here we are, 25 and 12 with five assists. Tone Edwards, 13, five and six, two steals, two blocks, and three threes for Goose. That's really good. 
Patrick Beverly did his thing. He had seven assists, a steal, and two blocks. And Vanderbilt did his thing as well. Two blocks and 12 rebounds. Um, he looks like he's going to lock up that starting power forward position. He's interesting as a streamer. Like He played 28 minutes here. McDaniels played 31. They played extra because Naz Reed was out. He was initially listed as active, and then he was ruled out. So we got Vanderbilt playing backup center. But they can both be streamable 12-team league guys without being must roster. D'Angelo Russell continues to shoot poorly, but continues to produce. He's top 25 over the last two weeks. 22 points, four threes, five assists, a steal, and a block. Really, really putting up big numbers. He was a guy that I did grab in a lot of drafts, and it's worked out pretty well so far. I've been happy with how he's playing. And the thing is, you look at it and go, well, that was 31 minutes and 32% shooting. So it's not like there's gigantic regression. That 37% usage comes down, but he's been awesome, putting up some really, really big numbers. Malik Beasley had 15 points with five threes, but much like we're looking at the Spurs, it it was a real blowout. So it is hard to put gigantic amounts of stock into it, but some really interesting performances from the Wolves nonetheless. All right, let's go on to the next game, the Sixers and the Nuggets. Wow. You might have expected a blowout in this game, but probably headed in the other direction. The Sixers, on the road, beat the Nuggets 103-89. No Embiid, no Simmons, no Green, no Thibel. So it was Seth Curry who had 20 points with six rebounds and five assists. He was great. He continues to be great. He continues to be a sell high, as does Tyrese Maxey. Another great shooting performance from Maxey, 67% from three. Two of three there. 22, five, and four still on a block. The sell high window is very much open for Maxey. He's playing big minutes, good usage, great shooting. It is going to drop off. He's a top 30 player over the last two weeks. And while I think he can maintain top 100, maybe top 70, maybe top 60 value, not this level. So look to trade him. But I want to talk about Charles Bassey. Andre Drummond got his ass kicked at the start by uh, Nikola Jokic, as you'd expect. Bassey came in, played 19 minutes, had 12 and 7 to steal on three blocks. Now his numbers coming out of Western Kentucky, were awesome. He translated so well for fantasy. And then we didn't see him in Summer League. It took forever to get a contract sorted. I think I may have made flippant comments saying, hey, maybe he's going to be better than Drummond this year. He's not there yet. Or is he? It's not going to matter too much because Embiid's going to be back soon. But absolutely, this is something to watch for, that he can become the backup center for the Sixers really, really quickly. Just watch him in Dynasty Leagues. A lot of upside value on him. Really good performance. Shake Milton, he played 29 minutes. He did move to the bench. He had 12, 5, and 4. He's not a 12-team league guy. It is because Green and Thibel are out that he's getting these numbers. While Nyang started, played 35 minutes for 11 points. These aren't must-roster guys. As for Drummond, despite Embiid not being around, he's outside the top 170 over the last two weeks. 4 and 6 in 29 minutes. While Toby Harris had 17 and 7. So they did all this without Harris and Drummond playing well. I do not believe that Andre Drummond is a must-roster player. If you want to hold him until Embiid comes back, sure. On the Nuggets, pretty rough night to lose against this Sixers team at home. But Nikola Jokic... um, It was great. 30 and 10 with 7 assists, but didn't really do anything in the second half. And then left the game with about four minutes to go, seemingly holding his wrist, go to the locker room. The game was over. We'll see if there's anything in that. Hopefully it's nothing. Farton Will Barton returned, 19, 9, and 8, 4 threes. Absolute must roster player. People dropped him after those couple of games out. Like, no. Monty Morris, the numbers did drop off with Barton back, but 11, 3, and 4 with two steals. He can be a 12 team league guy. While it was a stinker from a lot of Nuggets players, Jeff Green, one rebound. PJ Dozier, zero points, two rebounds. Aaron Gordon, 9 and 4. The big stiffy. Bones Highland, two points in 14 minutes. 
think he can drop bones. Like, it was worth grabbing with Barton out, with the way he was trending. The upside for him to get 30 minutes probably isn't going to happen. He's a name you watch. I, happily move on. Right? Happily move on. Yeah, I, I like bones, but it's all about trying to find, is there that path for those minutes? Is he playing well enough? He's not at the moment. He's not that must-hold sort of a guy, so move on. That's how you should be treating those roster spots at the end of your uh, of the end of your bench. That's uh, that's the way to look at them. All right, let's look at the last game of the night. Another ass kicking. The Jazz handle the Raptors, one hundred three, one nineteen. Um, yeah, big big win from uh, Utah here. Toronto, there was no OG Ananobi, no pressures at Chua, so we wanted to see what would happen with the wiki Chris Boucher. He played seventeen minutes and had two points. And if you can't get twenty four minutes. Without OG and without Achua, I don't think there's any hope for you. He's had, what, one good game this season? He's the 279th ranked player. We're not holding on. Move on. Ken Birch would made all of your you know, ad fingers, your trigger fingers, really, really itchy early on. He had 14 points almost straight away, but ended with 14 points. Played 24 minutes, had three rebounds and an assist. I don't think he's a priority 12-team league ad with OG out. He'll continue to start, I would imagine. And he's okay, but he's more of a 16-team short-term ad. Maybe 14-team at best. Gary Trent, another massive game. Now, he shot unsustainably, 67%. 31 points with five threes and one steal. He has shot well above my expectations and got steals well above my expectations. I was obviously wrong on him. I'm not ready to say that he's going to be this guy as we move forward because these shooting numbers are out of control and the steal numbers, they're things that have no chance of sustaining over an 80-game season. So he is, to me, a pretty big sell high if you can pull it off. While Van Vliet had 24, 4, and 4, 3 steals and 2 blocks. I don't want to come across as a hater, although Raptors fans will definitely think that way. Scotty Barnes is dropping off, not alarmingly, because that's not the right word, but pretty quickly. It feels like the end. Look, he came in. He was great. He was super injured with it. Shit, where, what the hell is this shit? We haven't seen this bloke do any of this offensively. He didn't do it at all in college. Why is he making all these pull-up twos? And it feels like NBA teams have gone, no, 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 no. We're not having this anymore. And he's just like, bleh. Now he's just muted. 10, 6, and 6, no threes, one steal on a block. He's still a hold. Don't get me wrong. But he is not dazzling like he was to begin the season. And this is without Ananobi. I thought he'd get more usage here. 15% usage is pretty rough. He just isn't that guy, I think, that we saw that literally came out of nowhere to begin the season. Um, he's morphing back into the guy that was at Florida State. He's still fun. He's still a very good NBA player. He's still playing a lot of minutes. He's still useful, right? But what we saw early on, the reason it shocked us so much is because it wasn't expected. And maybe it was just like a 10-game sample of, wow, what the hell's going on until teams adjusted to him. Bear that in mind. Um, but it was a shit night from Pascal Siakam as well. Like, he's not letting off the hook. Four points, that's dreadful. Five assists, two steals is good, but 14% on 14 shots is horrendous. I think it's a massive buy low for Pascal after this game. He's one of those guys that people will turn on super quickly. This bloke, you think this bloke's your best player? This bloke's an all-NBA guy. He's an all-star. Get out of here. You're talking shit, right? It's a great opportunity to buy low on guys when they stink like this. Now, I think the Pascal is going to be a top 50 guy at worst this year. So if you can get him for a top 70 player in a trade, I think you absolutely swing it. This is the time to strike. You throw that trade out there to try and get that value because that, that's a disastrous performance. There's no doubt in that. 
Um, if you did think that you were going to add Delano Banton, he played 17 minutes, like six points. Like These are 16-team league sort of players. It was Banton and Birch and Boucher and Mahai Luke. All these guys sort of melded in to take Ananobi's role. And there's no one that stands out really to have any value to me as a 12-team league guy. I could be wrong on that. Boucher might play 27 minutes next game. Scotty Barnes might have 30 usage and score 30 points. I, I don't know this stuff, obviously. But that's how I'm viewing it and where the trends are sitting. Well, for the Jazz, let's talk about the big story. Rudy Gay played his first game for the season. And I know you're going to have questions about it. So here's the answers. Do I add Rudy Gay in 12-team leagues? Well, let me answer that question with another question. Do you believe that Rudy Gay is an 88% shooter? And the answer, unless you've lost your mind, is no, quite clearly. Rudy Gay had 88% shooting in this game. He missed one shot. He was 7 of 8. He was 5 of 6 from 3 for 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. He played 18 minutes. And maybe he does play 20 minutes tonight. That's possible on this team. He's not playing 28. He's not playing 27. He's not maintaining a true shooting of 112.6% on 28 usage. If you want me to guarantee, what are the fucking odds of that? Zero. Zero percent. So Rudy Gay can be a 16-team league ad for sure. A 14-team, maybe. A 12-team ad, I think you're wasting your time. If this is Rudy Gay's best game of the season, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I think it does mean bad things for Jordan Clarkson, though. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. You know I've been preaching to Jack Armstrong, Jordan Clarkson, for a while. Get that garbage out of here! And now with Gay in the bench unit instead of Eric Pascal, it's going to be harder for him to get volume shots. 12 points for him. While Bogdanovich had 7, 4, and 6 in 25. Rough night for Boyan. I'm still holding. While Conley had 5.7 assists and 2 steals. Not a great night there. But a really weird game with a, a blowout. Ingles had one of his best nights. 10, 7, and 8. I wouldn't react to that as a 12-team league ad. And also, look, we had 16 points of Royce O'Neal. How often is that going to happen? Great streamer. Excellent streamer. Not, I don't think... A must roster guy. If you're in like nine cat roto and you just want to hold guys and, and play him on certain days, and I, I get it, but in terms of um, yeah, twelve team daily changes, there's no. I don't think he's that guy with tremendous. I'd rather just cycle through that roster spot and try for other players. Mitchell had twenty points. Gobert had fourteen and eleven, but it was a pretty comfortable victory for the Utah Jazz. Let's look at the lines of the night now. The monstrous line of the night goes to Steph Curry. Awesome. Um, he's unbelievable. Like, that's simple as that. He's been fantastic. The wave wire line of the night, Isaiah Hartenstein. Not Rudy Gay. It's Isaiah Hartenstein. His line was better. Great stuff from Hartenstein there. Again, I think he's going to get squeezed when Ibaka comes back. The young gun of the night is Goose. Anthony Edwards. Wasn't many great rookies out there. And the dud of the night. I tell a man's not hot. Jakob Pertl. Bit unfair to Jakob playing just the 15 minutes, but if you started him, you were burnt by that level of performance. The top 10 players in category leagues for today. Number one was Steph Curry. Number two was Butler. Three was Big Chungus. Four was Van Vliet. Five was Beal. Six was Gaz Trent. Seven, Kuzma. Eight, Barton. Nine, Towns. And 10 was Ja Morant. And then the unrostered guys, or the waiver wire guys, the top 10 there. Hartenstein, Gay. Yep, deeper leagues, sure. Dean Wade, wouldn't worry too much there. Joe Ingles, 14 teams. PJ Tucker, 14 teams. Vanderbilt, 12-team streamer, 14-team league guy. Charles Bassey, absolute dynasty watch. Um, Pat Beverly, 12-teamer. Bielitsa, like 18-teamer. And then Ed Davis, don't even worry about. And then the top 10 players in points leagues, we're looking at Steph at number one, Jokic at two, Butler three, Towns four, Van Vliet five, Kuzma six, Morant seven, Beal eight, Trent nine, and Tyrese Maxi Walker at number 10. Guys, that will do it 
for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Yeah.